Vera Payne. JBTV's Jerry Bryant is here to speak about the history of JBTV and what plans he has for the future for his show. Thanks for joining me, Jerry. I just have a couple of questions for you. What did you do before you started JBTV? Oh, wow. You know, I'm an old man now. So I started out in 1968 with a company called Studio 68 that was uh, involved with helping uh, teenagers get into radio. And that was in Milwaukee at WOKY and at WISN. And uh, I did workshops with uh, high school kids because, you know, I was a high school kid graduating. It wasn't with you know, junior achievement. So I got involved with that and WTMJ TV. We did a TV show and I fell in love with TV. As soon as I got into that TV studio, I just loved television since I was a kid. Why didn't you go into traditional TV, actually join a TV station? I mean, you just made your own. Well, TV, even back then, there was only three channels, you know, in Milwaukee and even here in Chicago, you know, then four or five, if you can, you know, put the educational stations in there, WTTW. Everything was very corporate, very big, but I sort of wanted to do my own thing. And I, uh, I loved music, and I did commercials for many years for like 300 radio stations with a company called Superspots. We did imaging. I worked with Joe Kelly, who was a famous voiceover guy, and I was the production guy. We did all like ELO, Pink Floyd, all those, you know, REO Speedwagon, all those big concerts back in the day. Pink Floyd was the big one we did in Milwaukee, one of the first open-air concerts. And then I moved to Chicago like in 19... uh, 79. <laughs> wow. So you were doing a lot of the, the background work. When did you decide to just start your own station, JBTV? JBTV came out of literally it was a hobby because we would do these radio station spots and they would have like Madonna and I'd have a, a one inch videotape. And on that videotape would be like Peter Murphy and a lot of these other bands. And I go, well, there's no, because, you know, Jane Byrne was the, you know, was our mayor at the time. We didn't have cable in Chicago. So I got involved with doing production for WGBO Channel 66 back when it was a real ethnic or Spanish TV station. And they had like gun smoke. So I did the promos. And in exchange for the production, like gun smoke tonight at nine, you know, that kind of stuff, I would uh, do, I want to do JBTV. <laughs> Don't pay me. I just play music videos. And that's how I got started. Along with, I was also, I first started actually in 1984 with a Can TV 19, which is the public access channel, which a lot of Chicago famous people were on there. You know, they got their first start there because there wasn't the same kind of, you know, anybody can get on public access TV, which is so cool that we have that in Chicago and it still exists right now. Wow. I didn't know it still existed. I remember watching it when some guy wanted to help you with your math homework and I would call up <laughs> and be like could you help me with my math homework that was like besides JVTV that was the only other one I knew about but when it comes to the concept of the show you said you wanted to do music in general I mean what what drove you to that you could have done anything well I'm just a music fan it's kept me alive all these years it got me through stage four colon and lung cancer and open heart surgery <laughs> If it wasn't for music, I don't think I would have survived all that. Wow. Yeah, you've been and through music, a lot. Totally. Well, music's inspirational. I think everybody likes music. And I, I'm a music lover of all different genres, you know. I just love love bands. And we got so many great bands here in Chicago. And I always felt like, you know, all those new bands, which is what I always focused on, because they need the help. You know, it's like 
You can have all the best music in the world stuck in your closet, but if nobody knows about it, you know, you'll never be successful at it. So I wanted to help the underdog bands get their first start on television. And that's how I started JBTV, helping the bands that weren't on MTV. Like Peter Murphy was a good example. He was so upset. I had him in the studio for an interview that MTV wouldn't play his music, you know, and JBTV did. And he says that still gave me inspiration to keep doing music because, you know, you have to have some appreciation, even though you can go out and do tours and have fans. But it's all the new fans that these artists really uh, live for, you know. No, absolutely. And, you know, for people listening, I want them to know that BTS, I think that was either their first or one of their first U.S. concerts. And that's amazing. First. Yeah, it was their first uh, television appearance in America. Nobody cared about them. See, that's a good example. When you're new and brand new and and you're just starting out, nobody cares about you. And uh, we had them on JBTV. We had to keep it secret. We called it a secret show because it still got out and tons of people showed up. <laughs> and I'm going, did anybody ever hear of this band? And yeah, they were great. <laughs> and they're so talented. You know, when they came to our studio, each one of the members of BTS has their own like escort person that takes care of a massage therapist makeup. Wow. <laughs> it was like they are so pampered and taken care of because, you know, that's that's what they do. And they, you know, I remember while they were there, we go, oh, we're going to order food. We'll get pizza. And their handler said, no pizza, no pizza. Because <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to keep them in perfect shape. You know, they, and that's another thing. When they did JBTV, it was the smallest stage they've ever played on. And to show you how professional they are and how great they are, they went back to the hotel and they rented the ballroom with duct tape or something they put on the floor to rehearse what they were going to do on our stage. And I sort of said they got them ready. We got BTS ready for the national scene because when you go to like Saturday Night Live or most TV studios, they're just as small as JBTV stage was. Wow. So I sort of got them indoctrinated to American television. (laughs) Why do you think your show is so popular? I mean, you guys have been around for years and decades, but I mean, why this particular show? Uh, I don't know that we're that popular because I'm still out there, but I always considered us the underdog on television, you know, but I don't know. We have a loyal following. We have people that uh, grew up with JBTV. You yourself said you've watched some of the early shows, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, before MTV, the box, all that. It was JBTV. It really brought in all kinds of music into my home. You know, you guys did everything. It wasn't just, you know, rock. It was you know, classic rock, which wasn't called classic rock back then, but, you know, alternative music, rock. right? <laughs> that but, just show you, it shows you how music never, ever, ever dies. It always lives on. And each generation can embrace the new music, you know, and that is what makes music so therapeutic and so great for people. It actually is the one thing, music is the one thing that brings Americans together, whether you're far right or far left or in between. Music is the common source. Absolutely. And uh, that's why music will save. If anything can save our, our crazy political process in America today, it's going to be music. You know, I've, I've spoken with a lot of artists, and COVID really put a damper on events, it put a damper on tours. Did it affect your business at all? It totally destroyed my studio. Literally, it shut us down, and I had to get rid of everything. I'm starting all over again, you know, because I built a really nice studio, 
and now it's turned into condos. They sold the building, <laughs> so they didn't want to renew our lease. And I uh, sold all my memorabilia off, and uh, I'm starting over, you know? Yeah, I heard about that a little bit late. There was auctions off for all of your stuff. I was amazed, uh, the River North studio. And it, you decided to do that? Like, why Why sell everything off? Well, you know, I have, you know, a lot of medical bills going through stage four colon and lung cancer with five surgeries and, uh, you know, chemotherapy and all that. That's really expensive. It's it's insane. And I had no insurance. Like most people in the music industry, they have no insurance. They're sort of getting by day by day. It's not like you have a regular paycheck. Unless you go out on tour, you're not making money. And these bands were all stopped in their tracks. I mean, can you imagine getting prepped like for your show or anything that you do? You're all excited. You're rehearsing. Everything's all put together. And just when the tour is booked and you go, the summer's going to be great, they give you a call. Oh, by the way, it's canceled because of COVID. I mean, what a letdown. And the artists were all devastated, and they still are, including our venues like Chicago's Metro and the Vic and all these different uh, venues. They had to go through a big financial crisis not having shows every night because unless you're doing work, that place costs a lot of money, these venues. you know. And the same thing with a band. You have a family you got five or six members or whatever, plus all your gear you're paying for. It's, uh, it was a crazy time. And I hope it doesn't resurface now with all these new variants again, you know? That was one of my big concerns, especially when it started opening up. They still wanted to see if you had a vaccination. So there were some people who didn't even want to go because either they weren't vaccinated or they didn't want to disclose if they were or not. Now, I, I'm starting to wonder, is at this point, should people start moving to the digital side where, you know, you just have online concerts? Is that something that in the future you would do? I'd, well, I'd love to open a new studio, uh, a new JBTV Performing Arts Center is what I'd like to do and get a corporate sponsor like T-Mobile or American Express, you know, or maybe the new Twitter owner <laughs> would be interested. <laughs> you hear in the uh, Elon? But, yeah, that guy. <laughs> But, you know, live music is something that is, you know, and one thing about the JVTV experience was when we had our studio, audiences, we'd have like 50 to 150 people show up. They're right there with the uh, artist. It's not like you're at a concert venue where you're not connecting. And they get to see the artist do, you know, sometimes a song screw up and they get inside stuff and the artists will mingle with them. It was such a personal experience, and uh, seeing a band live, there's nothing better than that. To feel the music, you know, the goose pimples you get when you're in the audience with your favorite song, and the memories it brings back, and to hear it loud. I mean, that experience is just so, so magical. Now, TV works, too, you know, because I'm showing this. I'm, I'm a TV guy, and I like to capture everything professionally with 10 cameras and and multi-track audio, so it sounds like the album only with that extra live touch, you know. But live music will never die. It'll always be there. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to do, you know, open a studio and do all this stuff again and invite people in, you know, to be in our studio audience. Is that the future you're hoping for for JBTV, just a brand-new studio up and running? Do you think it would be in Chicago again? Of course. Where else? We are the place to be. We have the best music fans. We got the best venues. We are in the center. I keep saying JBTV, broadcasting from the center of the universe. <laughs> and uh, I feel we're in the center of it all because when bands come from overseas to tour, 
they end up in Chicago, you know, pretty much or New York. That's where they start from. And when they're in Chicago, we're so centrally located where they can go any which way and hit some great concert markets. Now, a lot of people like to talk about legacy, what they're leaving behind. What type of legacy do you think JBTV has established already? Well, I got uh, about 38 years of archives sitting here at my house right now. I did save that. I saved, you know, when you talk about losing stuff, I didn't lose the most important part of JBTV, and that was the, the digital video archives. I have all the concerts we've shot from the early days, Siamese Dream with the Smashing Pumpkins, their first show at the Metro for that record release. And I mean, we've had just so many, so many great artists on the show. And, you know, like Chicago's Twin Peaks, Local H, Fallout Boy, you know, and then with Taylor Bennett, I'm so happy to see he's doing good. And it's amazing because when Taylor Bennett was on our show, the rapper's brother, literally, it was his first television appearance. And he was like not in the best shape, and now he's like changed. He's put out. He's, he's in perfect shape and a family man and everything. And it was just so cool having. And then we got such great festivals here: Lollapalooza every year, Riot Fest, and this year's Riot Fest is going to be amazing with Nine Inch Nails, My Chemical Romance, the original Misfits, the Bleachers. You know where Jack Antonoff was on JVTV with his first band, Steel Train, before he had Bleachers. And that just shows you the history of the show, you know, to see the bands change and to move around with different band members and they go on to bigger and better bands or whatever. It's just beautiful. It's a beautiful time to be alive besides the war and stuff like that. But at least music is there for us, you know. I love that you know a lot of your own content. I've talked to a lot of people that don't remember as much as you do. And I have to ask you before I let you go, what is your most memorable interview or concert that was at JBTV? Oh <laughs> uh, I've had so many, it's hard to say. But John Lydon, who was a hard interviewer, you know, he would always go, you know, I'm not answering this because everybody treated him the same way. But when he came into town, he came to JBTV and he said, one question and I'm out of here. And I'm not going to say all the different swear words he said around that. And we couldn't get rid of him. I literally, my cameraman wasn't there. So I took the camera and I did an interview kneeling at John at, at his feet, <laughs> and which was supposedly the hardest interview, and it turned out to be a beautiful experience with him because we didn't talk about the same thing that when you go on this press stuff, you know, these artists are asked the same questions over and over and over, and we didn't talk about any of that stuff. We just was, you know, like we're doing now. We're just talking, and I think that's what makes communication and JBTV different from other shows. Well, Jerry, thank you so much for uh, being here with me. I really appreciate it. For those listening, where can they find out more about you and JBTV? Just go to our site. Yeah, so just All you got to do is type in Jerry Bryant or JBTV, and you'll see what happens. And I got a GoFundMe going now for my uh, medical expenses. So if anybody out there you know, wants to check that out, I have video updates I put on there on my progress. So I'm not asking for donations or anything, but... It just, you know, it's just stuff you do to keep going, you know.